0: Hey guys, I'm your host John and I'm your host Ahmed and we're back with another episode of the Black Box podcast. This episode will be discussing the economy and how inflation plays a part. We're currently experiencing side effects due to money printing during COVID and all of that, but there are trends throughout history that show the effects that have only just begun. Uh, Yeah, I think this is a really important topic to discuss
1: just because it's affecting us all now. And some of us don't even really know it. And I think it's essential that we spread the message to people that are listening. Um, obviously no one knows 100% how things are going to go in the future in terms of inflation, money supply, what is the world currency, all those kind of things. It's all just, we have calculated guesses, but we follow historic data and well, if we follow historic data, then it points to massive devaluation of the dollar coming in, you know, at some point in the future, but we'll dive more into depth with that and other things associated with it and figure out what all this really means. Let's go. All right. So we'll start off with a little history lesson, I guess we could say. <clears throat> um, throughout history, currency tends to start as like a method of exchange that May well usually when it starts, it's backed by a commodity. For example, gold. Th- with more modern currencies, uh the paper and coin currency notes allow us to just easily carry around and transfer the value that would be in gold bars, just so we're not carrying them around. Dude, imagine well, no imagine I'm saying they're mad heavy. <laughs> like, imagine we
0: carried around gold bars. And also,
1: like, what if something's not worth one bar? What if it's worth a half a bar? You're gonna saw it right there.
0: <laughs> you gotta actually get like a diamond to cut through your gold bar. Oh shit! that would not have worked it would have to be like fucking like gold pellets or something like yeah oh
1: yeah and you just weigh it like you just walk around with a sack of gold like little balls yeah exactly um but yeah if if they were a currency that's backed by gold or by an asset there would be that equal amount of that asset stored somewhere that's basically backing the notes which means that if i have 500 million dollars in circulation of these notes or a, a dollar then I would need 500 million dollars worth of whatever asset I'm using to back it for that to actually like re- for that principle to remain and then in that case the currency would be like pegged to that value which gives it more stability so that's that's basically the role that gold played right yeah uh yeah pretty much no that's exactly what it is but Uh these currencies tend always tend to have success just because the supply is directly tied, like I mentioned, to that finite asset. Uh you know, which would then I mean I I pretty much just said that, but it's what keeps the value stable. But the only issue really comes into play when that currency or whatever note is no longer backed by the asset. And this has happened throughout history, multiple occurrences, and we'll give some examples. But these kind of currencies are considered fiat. Uh, that's just pretty much the term you say when it's not backed by anything, um, which is what the dollar is now, but wasn't that long ago. And the advantage that comes with these is that the governing body of the currency can fully control the supply and then at that point basically change the sup- – uh, well, alter the supply and demand between it when needed in certain situations.
0: It's kind of weird that there's a car company called Fiat, right? Yeah. Like, what is that? Do you think it has any? I definitely doesn't have any relation.
1: Yeah, I don't think it has any relation, but
0: I don't know what's what is a Like, I've I've heard that, like, I mean, this was just like a joke that, like, Fiat stands for fix it again, Tony. (laughs) Where do you find that? i saw it on instagram but facebook <laughs> middle school facebook i okay. mean fiat fiats are like cool and all but they're such, are such bad cars they're not good cars i mean i mean Ita- it's an italian it's- car italians like i know you're italian italians design like good like, things but they're not art, like their cars are like art but then as soon as it has to be a car it's just like fuck <laughs> yeah except for like
1: ferrari though yeah i mean yeah but i guess it's really expensive to do anything with that too yeah all right So, give some examples of different currencies
0: that have experienced this kind of stuff. Thank you, Professor John. (laughs) Zimbabwe's former currency at some point was about a thousand Zimbabwean dollars per US dollar in September of 2008, right? And it jumped to 300 trillion. Per U.S. dollar several months later in February of 2009, the hyperinflation led to Zimbabwe government's promotion of all business and foreign currencies in January, chiefly the U.S. dollar, the euro and the South American RAND. I think I think RAND is how it's pronounced. RAND. RAND. The government has since proclaimed the death of the Zimbabwean dollar and primarily uses U.S. dollars as a country's currency instead. So, like, the currency got so fucked that they just had to just, like, I guess forfeit it and it became switch. worthless. At that point, it's better to wipe your ass than I think, yeah, dude. It actually, shit actually went to zero. Like the the value of Zimbabwean dollars oh, wow. just actually went to zero. Oh, because they yeah they just said it died.
1: So at that point, no one's taking it. Yeah, because yeah, if it's not backed by anything at that point,
0: then if no one else gives it the worth, then it actually is worthless. Yep. And now I have an even in like even crazier example with Germany post World War One, right? So Germany got into chaos in 1923 when its currency. The mark quickly devalued. So before World War I in 1914, a US dollar was equivalent to four marks, four. And then it increased to around 70 in 1920, which is pretty, pretty bad in like inflation, but we proceed in 1923. But wait, there's more. Yeah, exactly. The country was crippled by the cost of World War I. And all the reparation payments it had to pay to other countries, so German became increasingly desperate. With like the uprising costs, um, and like across the country, a, a worker strike like in early 20, 1923, like it just like led to like an entire spiral of things that led to currency devaluation by November of that same year. $1 was equal to 4 trillion marks. So basically like zero, like absolutely nothing. At that point like it's yeah, over. It doesn't. matter. So the crisis saw the introduction of a new currency and uh that helped to like helped bring Germany's economy back to normalcy and like stabilize it and I'm going to try to pronounce it but I'll probably be wrong. It's the Rentenmark. I think rent and mark. maybe the Renton mark. I have no idea. Like maybe no, that means my a new intent. mark or something. But mm. yeah, it's actually wild. Yeah, devaluation.
1: I mean, this has happened so many different times, though. Like yeah. these are just a few examples, but you kind of see the trend that. Well, we kind of get into it a little bit more. I'm pretty sure, but if we don't, then I'll just say it now. Like once you take that backing away, because it you could basically use anything to back it an asset that has a real value at that point. Like I could say, you know, I don't even know, like PlayStation controllers, like that is equal to five. Jewel pods, five, whatever. Yeah. Something like, <laughs> cause if it's backed, if you know that there's an equal value of an asset being stored somewhere else, then it's fine. Then that actually has value. It's just an item that takes the place of the asset. But then when you remove that, then you have issues like this that you see. Yeah. And if there's uh too many out in circulation, like relative to having some, it's not a lot. I don't know if that really made any sense, but like you need a lot more to actually be able to do anything with it. So it leads to hyperinflation. And Damn. devaluation, yeah, that's pretty much it.
0: And you know I think I think we could jump to the next yeah. part. And we'll talk, talk about, about how
1: this applies to the, the United like, States? Yeah,
0: specifically in the U.S., like we've definitely seen our fair share of inflation and like like downtimes in the economy. Well, in 1944, the U.S. dollar became a critical part of the global economy with the Bretton Woods Agreement. With this agreement, most of the major global currencies were tied to the US dollar at a fixed exchange rate, and the dollar was backed by gold at a rate of $35 per ounce, which is like what John was talking about earlier. The US government continued to print dollars, though. Like, once, once there's like a set amount of gold, and the dollar is not fully backed by US gold reserves at a standard rate. So the dollar slid in value against like goods and services uh, through the fifties and sixties, and like the U.S. just kept printing money to finance the Vietnam the Vietnam War, like social programs and all that. And in the nineteen seventies, um, the dollar was like barely backed by gold because so much so many like new dollars have been printed at that time. And they didn't have more gold to add or they hadn't attained any more gold to back it. With. Yeah. So Nixon, uh, president, former president Nixon, unilaterally changed the global monetary system by taking the dollar off the gold standard in 1971. So that, that's basically like what, what we see today where like the dollar isn't backed by gold. Um, and instead like all currencies um can like freely print and their their values go up and down. Have you want something interesting? Yeah. That I was uh which I read but then perfectly made sense
1: when you think about it. Like when it comes to printing, whether they needed to do it for a war or for some economic crisis or not, they still purposely try to devalue the dollar. Like you know how they say inflation the inflation rate is always set to be 2%. Like that's their goal to get it as close to 2% as possible. Yeah. Like they're literally devaluing our money on purpose by 2% every year. I mean, yeah, that's like, they keep, I mean, and they, they, do, they, that, they, so they do that. So it's
0: competitive to, with like goods and services, like you said, but still like it, it's almost as if they're putting in more dollars to fuel the economy, right? Oh, it is. Yeah, Like, like, like keep hey, we're giving people, more wealth every year. But, then these people are going to like spend money in on, in these like corporations, right?
1: Yeah, but that's also how they like give it to us so it sounds better. In reality, like I think we both know and I think I think a lot of people know but like during those times when they add money supply or add money to the supply, really we don't it doesn't make that much way back to us. It's really businesses and like rich people get richer and poor people get poor because you're not really getting that much more money for how much is going into the circulation. It's a lot of it's going to business owners and getting tax breaks and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You're in the same place. They're in a better place. And now you're in a worse position than you were before.
0: Yeah. Like it's literally like the poor just keeps like almost like feet, like just shove, like giving all of their money to the rich with every passing, like generation and stuff, yep. it's wild.
1: And, uh, yeah, the wealth uh, gap has gotten increasingly.
0: Yeah, that that's like an entire topic that we. Yeah, can, I, w- that I was I was going to talk about it about. here, but yeah, we can get into that another time in
1: some episode, but.
0: Yeah, and um, this is also just a random fact that I think, I think it's a fact. I heard it once when I was younger. It was that like the cost of making a penny is less than is more than one cent like if you think about it a penny is like actual like copper right and it used to be solid copper now it's like copper on like zinc Zinc, or something um like that like metal is worth more than a cent do you think do you think does that sound like a fact i feel like the whole process that goes
1: into it plus the value of whatever metal you're using yeah i don't know
0: That's weird. I guess it's like... Like, if you think about it, like, the dollars we use in American currency, they seem like they would be worth less because they're just a piece of paper, whereas the actual, like, metal, like, precious metal or whatever that we... Like, honestly, I don't carry coins because I don't want to carry coins. It kind of makes sense why they don't want you to, like, destroy currency
1: because at the same time, while it's worth more, you reuse a penny so many times that it's like when you sell a product... Like, if I can sell it this many times and it pays itself back, like, if you can have this many transactions with a penny, then, like, the value that you put into storing it, and you get to keep it after, like, it stays in circulation, you know what I mean? It's like a one-time payment.
0: Yeah, that, that, that that's yeah. probably why, why it's, like, still, like, feasible, I guess. Yeah. Because, like, otherwise, you would think that it doesn't really make any sense, but I guess, I guess that could explain it. So... While the dollar remains strong among like other global currencies, um, it's only because like the value of global currencies just in general will fall together, um, like during COVID against the value of goods and services. So n- since 1971, the dollar has lost 84% of its value in terms of the goods and services it can buy. And like when I read that it's I was like wild. shocked like it was like That's depressing it's like if you're watching like a reality TV show and they just add in like the gasp like everybody gasps like animation yeah. in the or sound effect in the back I was like damn and look if it lost eighty four percent of its value that you also have
1: taken into consideration that there's a lot more like dollars in circulation now so there's more available to have mm-hmm yeah, I mean like but the only thing that sucks about that is it's not getting equally distributed. So it doesn't really benefit us. It just benefits other people. Like rich people to be specific. But yeah, yeah like so as a part of the US's efforts to, you know, revive the economy and the people during the the pandemic, they cut interest rates to 0 and implemented something called quantitative easing in total during the pandemic the u.s had unleashed stimulus spending of upwards of 5.2 trillion since the pandemic started and this is also equal to about 25 percent of the u.s gdp in 2020 so that's a, a lot so holy shit and right now you know, like we said, their goal is usually two percent, but because of all this, you know, they they kind of disregarded that and realized that printing more money was better to ease the economy and not keep everything from crashing. Um, but the current interest rate or the current inflation rate for the last twelve months ending in June twenty twenty one is five point three nine. You're making less
0: money at work, even though I literally.
1: Yeah, a four percent raise, but it's five point three nine percent inflation. I actually made one point three nine percent less this year. The fuck, that's wild. Fuck. And it's it's just it's frustrating because initially we were told inflation would be normal. That's what they were saying before we had any numbers, before we saw any data. And then they started telling us that inflation was transitory, basically, that it would be high, but then they could taper it off quickly and it would be back to normal before we even know it, basically. And then after after that, excuse me, they started saying that it isn't transitory, so it's going to be something consistent over the next couple of years. It's going to fluctuate up and down and we're going to have higher inflation than we had normally. And yeah, basically now we're, be, we're just being told that it's getting higher and higher and worse than we ever expected initially so at what if someone keeps changing the truth at what point do you believe like stop believing them type shit you know um
0: as is like all things with governments
1: yeah well now we realize they're a bunch of liars um this is inflation feeds off of its citizens so like the way we all feel about it and especially people that own businesses and can dictate prices in the market and actually drive any type of change there, how they feel about it will also dictate how inflation goes. Because if one business starts raising the prices and another competitor might raise the prices and then all of a sudden everyone's raising the
0: prices. Yeah. And then all of a sudden everything in, you Arizona, for, <laughs> dude, in Arizona will not be 99 cents, dude. Or I'm saying, like, you, the
1: fact that they kept up with that business model for the people, like that's loyalty. Yeah. But Shout out. Shout out, Arizona, <laughs> hook it up. Yeah, so pretty much all I'm saying is, for myself at least, based on all this stuff that I've researched on and shared with you, I'm a little bit uneasy about inflation. I'm not sure where things are going to go if every time they're telling me it's getting worse and worse, and we've seen all these historical like examples, and it, these are most of the cases. This happened to a lot of European countries too after the World Wars just because they had spent so much money. Um, that's why the U S dollar became the world currency or whatever the world reserve, because that was happening to a lot of people. So they needed something to, uh, to go that was backed. And at that point when they started doing that, we were, the U S dollar was still backed by gold. Yeah. I think, like I said before, with my salary, like I got a bonus, but I'm making less. I think that's a problem. Uh, like if it affects Someone in my situation who's single, you know, in his 20s, doesn't have like a family to raise. And I think it matters for like all the common people that are just doing, you know,
0: on the nine to five grind. Like, you know what I mean? Like, am I, nah, I does agree. that make sense? And it's definitely like harder on like families and shit. Like, That's what I'm like, saying. What because, saying, like, like, we you don't have it's not
1: like you have hella extra money. Like, if something goes wrong, like, then you're in trouble. Especially for a lot since, of
0: people. Like, like like we're fortunate enough, where it's like if all, like if we lose if all of our dollars, basically become like worthless. Like you still kind of got like your parents to rely on. Like, like maybe, like I guess in that case, like everyone's dollars. Yeah, I'm would be everyone's screwed. But like, I don't know. For like a family guy who has to, or family of workers, right? So let's just assume like two parents work and like the kids don't work. Like you have to, you have to financially support like, like a, other entire lives that are other than yourself. Like that's part of like being in a family. Like obviously, but like, um, I have I a, dude, it's, uh, no, it's I was, was going to
1: say, um, good thing you brought that up and continued off it because, well, I guess I brought it up and you continued off it, but, we're going to wrap this up with a little bit of advice called hedging, which is a term used a lot of times in financial management. But in this case, you would be hedging against inflation on the dollar by instead of having everything you own in dollars, you'd hold things in assets. So, you know, exchange those dollars for an asset, uh, specifically deflationary ones that don't get affected by the US dollar's inflation like gold, silver and certain commodities as well as cryptocurrencies like bitcoin and ethereum. Um someone argue that ethereum is not deflationary and right now it still isn't but um that's because like how bitcoin has a set supply, ethereum doesn't and there can be new coins generated Uh, more quickly but with the new eip 1559 hard fork which is basically basically like now they're starting the blockchain of ethereum on another timeline um it allows them to burn ethereum and decrease supply which essentially makes them deflationary i guess the blockchain is in the process of just like this is all relatively new within like the past week this got uh brought out But they're basically ironing things out, I guess, with the algorithm and getting it to the point where they can like fine tune how much they want to be deflationary or inflationary, based on how much they burn, etc., and have uh, fees. Um, So it's almost like immune to inflation. Yeah, the whole and that's the best part about cryptocurrencies is that it's all in code. Like you can code the functionality of how the currency is, although some parts you cannot change. You can make it additions onto ethereum but like bitcoin is set how it is there's
0: no updates it's not getting changed um you know you know how like like cryptocurrencies is like your you own like your asset or your like money Mm -hmm. if you're if we were all using like a bitcoin for example it's all like electronic like it doesn't actually exist like i feel like that's the type of shit that like you see in like a black mirror world where it's like it's every- on like a score like yeah it's like xp yeah. <laughs> like yo this guy is like like a level like 95 for example like this dude's got like like 10 percent of all bitcoin or some yeah, shit yeah, like yeah. this guy is like a beast you it don't want to get mess there with bro i don't
1: i would not not get like counted out to be honest um yeah i mean right now they kind of refer to they kind of refer to Bitcoin as the digital gold as ethereum is the digital internet uh, the internet's already digital, but it's like the new internet mm-hmm. This is because Bitcoin doesn't have as many features that aid like scalability, yeah, so it's really they refer to it as gold because it's more for like a store of value. There's 21 million of them. It's a set finite supply that can never be changed. Like you can never find more Bitcoin as if you found more gold. You already know what the supply is. It's already taken into account. So you can't really mine for Bitcoin. Then, you right? can, you can still mine because not all of the Bitcoin have been created yet, but it works in terms of, so yeah, there's, there's proof of work and proof of stake. Proof of work is when you do the mining, which is solving complex algorithms with your computer and then you get rewarded in a block when you create a new block. But Bitcoin also has this thing that adds to the scarcity and the difficulty of obtaining it is early on when there wasn't a lot of users to entice them to come on the mining rate for every like 10 minutes to create a however long it creates, takes to create a block. I forget somewhere around that, but you would get rewarded with, you know, like 50 or a hundred per block. But now it's only down to six point five or something. Then it's going to go three point two five. It's going to it keeps having until the supply has been completely mined. Damn. But um, I'm kind of all over the place. But proof of stake is what Ethereum has, or they're starting to implement and they're transitioning towards, which is you offer up some of your asset in terms to create more and add security to the blockchain, like you're giving up some of what you have to be a part of it, which makes sense because then you have some skin in the game. Um, All stuff to consider, this is complex and I, I start to go on tangents with it, but no, it's definitely cool to hear though. I think it it will have like, we're finally starting to see real use cases as we're, we're getting nervous about inflation and how the dollar may not be the world's currency forever um following right off that like if the world's currency the u.s dollar was to crash and burn uh because it's the world reserved everyone in the world would now be basically in search for a new world asset or new store value and in my opinion this is where we would turn to something like bitcoin uh which behaves like a digital gold um ethereum on the other hand while it does have some deflationary value and purpose now uh, would, I think will still be used, but more for its functionality and applications because it's blockchain is not just for straight transactions of the Bitcoin itself. It's for execution of code on the blockchain or, or just uh, like when you store something on the blockchain, it's logged and proofed and you know who the owner is and where it came from and how much the transaction was. so. It's like rock solid in terms of immutability you can't change what's on there once it's been
0: verified by all the users can you see that in like the new digital wallet you bought what like can you see like if you own for example ethereum I mean you'll never you never get to see the blockchain it's more like I can
1: see the ledger that comes with it which would basically say like alright this bitcoin was bought in this
0: transaction between these two addresses at this so it's almost like it's like a receipt yeah like an electronic receipt that just Mm -hmm. follows you yeah so i guess like credit cards are like like we're like with the introduce introduction of credit i feel like that's like a middle stage between money like you want like physical money and cryptocurrency well that's also a good point because
1: we originally started out trading like shells and shit you know like physical Objects,
0: Yeah, I'll give you like this, like these three stacks like of like weeds
1: and stuff, yeah. For like
0: for, yo, you got barley. Well, at first, it, you're right, it actually started with that. We would trade
1: the goods themselves, but yeah. then it went to like, all right, I could give you these three shells for
0: this food yeah. or whatever, and, and they then got like centralized on one object, and then we went towards like. I mean,
1: it, it all depends on how you want to do it. You could say you went to like precious metals after that, but we could say you go to write to currency. But when everyone when everyone's initially brought with that idea, they're all quick to write it off because it's different than what it is. Yeah. people. And then after physical dollars, it went to credit. A lot of people were like, fuck credit. Like, that's sus. Like, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't yeah, want to like, get involved like with other people's money. Spend,
0: how can I spend money I don't have but type of thing? We
1: realize now that borrowing on credit if you use the right way is like way makes your life
0: super easy and let mm-hmm. you get
1: ahead way quicker
0: yeah like if like the better like, your credit the easier it is for you to like do ma- major major like easier it'll get like your car for cheaper like a lower yeah. interest rate it'll be able to get like a better rate for your mortgage like you like there's more trust in you from like the credit yeah. card company right so it's weird like we we like almost like naturally progress towards um, like we spend, like we sp- like pay back our debt responsibly to be treated well by these like huge ass corporations. Right. And now like with cryptocurrency, it's almost like you just own what you own and you don't really have to pay back anyone. It's almost like going back to debit based spending or like actual dollars mm-hmm. But, like, you're no longer, like, you no longer, I guess, have to satisfy, like, the person, like, the banks who own, like, like, half of the world's wealth or some yep. shit like that. No,
1: yeah, definitely. And, uh, no, yeah, I mean, I mean, you do have to pay taxes on crypto gains, but <laughs> no, yeah, there's no governing body, so there's no one that really can control it from you. It's it's power to the people for real, yeah. as, like, cliche as that sounds. but it's pretty cool, though no i think it is i think i think that's enough right Mm -hmm. i think they have enough to digest until next time yeah all right uh yeah this wraps up our eighth episode thanks for sticking in if you've if you're still out there listening you held down for this uh until the end but also until this eighth episode um we appreciate you guys uh comment you know leave episode ideas we want to do things that you like i know a lot of people don't even really like this shit but i think it's interesting and i think it's
0: important but uh yeah yeah it's kind of just it's fun for us to just kind of sit down and talk about all these like we could talk about like pretty like random topics like there's no like relationship between some of like the topics we talk about but it's just it's kind of fun for us and we're hoping that. It's enjoyable for other people to listen to as well. So, as always, we do still have our email, blackboxsubmission at gmail.com. You can use that email to spam us with anything Means. or hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, Funny. it's like, hopefully, it's something that's not like horrible. Imagine getting spammed with like death threats or something. Oh my God. If somebody just send you a picture of his dick, like fuck out of here, nudes, please, please don't <laughs> do that. So we do have social media up. Our Instagram is a bit more active than our Twitter, but our in- neither is really that active. Yeah, but the- that, that used to not me. be existing at all, but I think we we're getting the ball rolling on that. That's on me, so I will try to uh, work on that. So at Blackbox Podcast. No A in the, bl- in the black. We'll link our accounts in the show notes. Uh, if you want to give us a follow and, uh, well, thanks for listening. Peace.